0: Syria A fans everywhere from our nation's capital This is cool America
1: Since the CR7 news came out this week, we decided to throw together an emergency pod. we sounded the battle horn and rounded up the troops. Unfortunately, Chris has moved to Charlotte and was not able to hear the horn, but Tad practically busted through my door. but then he realized we have Skype technology, so here we are. Tad, how's it going man?
0: right you are Marco the the whole world stops um, and the Syria a, a gas bagging world um, needs to and get off their summer vacations, and all phone in their opinion on on CR7 and this move um, to Juventus. Uh, I would say, in true Curve America style, um, we're a little late because we were, you know, had to stop and uh, at the donut shop and get a donut, uh, maybe get a quick beer, kind of like the beginning of of Sideways when Paul Giamatti's late to pick up his buddy. Um, but still has plenty of time to drop a nice deuce and finish his, uh, his, his the chapter of his book. So better late than never. But here we coming with the hot takes. Tell you what, man, you still
1: got your analogies solid right now. So uh, I'm gonna run with that. And I'm just move straight into uh, our our rundown for the week. So we have a couple topics we want to run through tonight, and of course we're going to talk about Ronnie. Aka the goat, aka CR7, aka the Dark Invader.
0: I know. W- if it wasn't for you dropping in CR7, I thought I would think you're talking about Ronnie from uh, uh, from Jersey Shore. There, uh, the Dark Invader. Yeah, that's that one's from Ray Hudson. Be in,
1: man. So I got to throw some uh, <laughs> some props his way. Uh, but we got to come up with our own nickname. We'll definitely have one uh, by the start of the season. Uh, but we also want to talk about the huge news. That is Milan ownership. You know, make your own opinions on it. Tad and I are also going to talk about some of our favorite transfers and transfer rumors of the summer. And then we'll predict the winner of the World Cup. So today's episode features LaCroix and water. The perfect Wednesday summer night beverages. Keeping you fresh and hydrated for the work week. And don't forget to subscribe on iTunes. Follow us anywhere pods can be found. We're also on all forms of social media. So let's get started with the show. So on Tuesday, Cristiano Ronaldo finally made his big money move to Juventus. So what are the initial thoughts on the transfer, Tad? seems like this was pretty much the only thing that took the eyes of the world off the World Cup. And so, uh, again, we had to throw together this emergency podcast.
0: Yeah, I mean, at the beginning of the summer, who would have thought that coming off his third Champions League final that uh, you wouldn't expect CR7 to be, you know, kicking it in Real Madrid for at least another season? My initial thoughts on this one is uh, that Juventus just absolutely did the right thing. Um, they brought the the most marquee name in the sports the most famous man in the world um, to their uh, uh, to their organization it just pumps up their pedigree pumps up their uh, their their stature and not only that man if you're trying to win that Champions League trophy who better to bring you in whoever to bring in the guy that's kept you from it the last time you were in the final
1: yeah absolutely I mean Everybody around the world is is already discounting the entire rest of the Serie A. We'll talk about some of the hot summer of transfers that have been going on uh, a little bit later in the show. But, you know, it seems like Juve just really made this move because they're shooting for Champions League. They're shooting for glory. And, but on, on Cristiano's side, I mean, is this the right fit for him? Do you think he's going to succeed at Juve? Well, I
0: mean, I think that... Uh, I, I think that... You know, Cristiano Ronaldo could transfer to you know an Albanian team and take them to the knockout stages of the world, of the of the Champions League. So as far as a good fit, of course. I mean the dude can rip it up at multiple positions, and not only that, he's coming in to play for you know one of the great tactical geniuses of our area of our era, uh, you know in in Massimo Allegri, and he's coming to a team that you know just has this winning culture. Um, that has owned the Syria and are going to treat him like that, uh, uh, you know, that coveted last piece that they need, and it gets him a chance to be a success in his, you know, in in the third major market uh, for you know for calcio or sorry for soccer around the
1: world. Yeah, but you know, the one thing that that I kind of think about when I think about Juve is it's not really that uh, club that's built for like the the lone superstar you know what I mean like it's they've always touted that the club is bigger than the player so I'm wondering if there's gonna be any clash of personalities uh, with him and the you know the management or or Allegri Uh, outside of that i you know I really think that Cristiano is still in his prime Uh, I think that he might be able to break the goal-scoring record maybe not in the first season um, but you know the record that Higuaín set uh, you know, that's going to be tough in said, yeah, It's at a completely different pace. But I also think that that's going to play favor for him because it is a little bit slower, the game. And so, you know, you can preserve yourself a bit more as a player. Uh, but again, figuring out the tactics of the defenders and stuff like that, that's going to be challenging.
0: So, I mean, first of all, like, you know, to your point about how if he's not going to be a good fit because, you know, they're not – the team that's built for the lone superstar. I mean, then they've had plenty of lone superstars and he's coming from Real Madrid, who is credo is that there's no one person bigger than the club. So, I mean, everyone says that until you get Cristiano Ronaldo. Um, and you know, the, the talent level he brings is immense, but also like, it's, it's not like he's, you know, had all these rampant stories of, of being, You know, tussling with his teammates, you know, getting in huge rows with his coach. Just seems like he's a guy that's, like, totally obsessed with soccer and, you know, is going to have a chip on his shoulder by feeling that he was kind of uh, being shopped around by Real
1: Madrid. Yeah. Well, speaking of shopping around... Juve, I mean, how do they afford this move, man? I mean, the alleged transfer numbers out there are that the transfer was 100 million euros, the bonus is 12 million euros, the salary is 58 million euros for four years. It's all totaling up to 300 and almost 50 million
0: euros. I mean, how do they pay for this? Well, I mean, Juventus is one of the most shrewdly run organizations in in all of global soccer. I mean, the way I look at this is, Juventus really has nothing to lose. I mean, they're, they're bringing in a guy that's his own economy. I mean, this guy is the LeBron James of, you know, Calcio, but, you know, extending past that, he's he's the most famous guy in the world. He's his own economy. You know, he, all these stories of the Juventus' stock is rising. You know, he's got, what, 350 million social media followers. 100 million of those people are going to run out and buy a new Ronaldo jersey because they don't have the Juventus one. Juventus is, uh. uh the uh, season ticket prices have spiked, and people are still buying them. I mean, they ha- the only thing they have really to lose is, is crashing out on this thing. Like, he turns out to be a total disaster, uh, uh, and they crash out because of financial fair play. But, you know, Juventus, they're, they're – they had Cal- – Calciopoli was in 2006. That's 12 years ago. It took him half that time to rattle off seven straight Scudetti, and one of those years they were in Serie B. I mean, they're like, you know, they're like the John Travolta of couch show. You know, they they they're they're Saturday Night Fever running the world, and they find themselves talking to babies and movies, and they're in a Quentin Tarantino movie, and right back on top. So for them, it's just it's an absolute no-brainer. They get to go and you know get this guy who's essentially just slightly more of a transfer fee um, than Iguain was two seasons ago, and you know go for that one thing that they want that they've been missing for over 20 years and that's that Champions League title.
1: Yeah, I mean I, I'm gonna have to agree with you on all those points. I I do have to fact check you though. He's got I think 75 million followers on Twitter, I just looked here, and then 130 million on Instagram. So that's telling you two things, that he is has way too many followers And the other thing is that Instagram is becoming more popular than Twitter, apparently. So I think we don't fact
0: check me, man. You didn't check Facebook, which is the which is the biggest and most powerful out of all three of those. Is that where he has that many followers? I'll have to look. No, I read that he had three hundred and fifteen or three hundred and fifty social media followers. So Ah. it's an aggregate and a cheap in a cheap shot just to just to get the highest number. Well, I was
1: just gonna say we need to step our Instagram game up. So maybe that's uh, put that on the to do list for next season. Uh, I think personally, that there's going to be a couple players going out uh, in order to make this thing happen. Uh, I also think that uh, is going to pull some purse strings uh, for Fiat. Uh, I already circulated that that meme of Cristiano Ronaldo working in the Fiat factory and saying, you know, they bought me two days ago and they're already putting me to work. Um, but I think they may have uh, something to play in, in this equation because, uh, again, that's a ton of money. I know it's you and they're shrewd and they there, This is a lot of marketing, but uh, again, you know, where's where do you come up with that much money? I think like Iguain is like if you sell if you sold them, it would account for like thirty some million a year. I, you know, again, these are all numbers that I've been floating around. But uh, who do you think is going to be on their way out if that is the case?
0: Well, I mean, I think they don't really need to do a, a whole lot. I, I'm sure that Iguain is going to go, and uh, there's there's rumors that. Basically, like him and, and Rugani going to Chelsea um, could be the one that, that you know, basically it cancels out the the, the transfer uh, fee. I don't see Dybala going. I don't think you make the move for Cristiano Ronaldo if you plan on selling Dybala to do it. I think if you're trying to win Champions League, you know you need to have you know both of those guys because you have to be deep, which Juventus is. You have to have a lot of talent which Juventus does, but you have to have a lot of luck as well. So, I mean, that, that, that's you're taking away your biggest chance there. So I don't think they need to do a whole lot. Cut, cut Um But, I mean, if you just kind of look at the, the, the sheer force of this thing, you know, we started this podcast, the first episode we did was on, you know, the, the massive move that was Iguaine from Napoli to Juventus. You know, Juventus takes their biggest rival's best player. And now we're, you know, kind of unceremoniously shipping this guy up to another country Because CR7 is his own orbit. Like I said, he's the most famous man in the world.
1: Yeah, no, there's no question about that. Um, But hey, even though this has been stealing all the headlines, any true Serie fan knows that there's another huge piece of news that came out this week. Milan are now owned by the Alien Management Corporation, and they were acquired uh, after the the Chinese owner, Young Hung Li was not able to come good on repayment of a loan. So he owned about 400 million euros uh, to the Elliott fund. And uh, according to Bloomberg, here's the story. Elliott provided last-minute financing for Lee, that's what they do, for his 740 million euro purchase of the Italian team from Silvio Berlusconi's investment company. The firm lent Lee 303 million euros to complete the purchase and provided a further 32 million euros to help the club resolve a dispute with soccer's European governing body, UEFA. So basically Elliott Management Fund uh, providing emergency funds and if you can't pay them back, they own your asset. And now, at least for the foreseeable future, they plan to hold on to Milan. So that, and they're saying that they can turn it around. They've already injected 50 million euros of equity into it. And remember, Milan was just kicked out of UEFA. They need to get back on track. So, listen, Tad, I mean, I I think we've been talking about this all year.
0: How predictable was this move? It, It was as soon as the Elliott Management Company got involved, everybody that was the biggest red flag. Elliott Management. Is big on high-risk loans with huge amounts of interest. So it basically told me and everybody else, uh, unless you're a diehard M- East and you did, didn't want to believe it, that this dude doesn't have the money. And he, does, he isn't able to, whether or not he's liquid enough to come up with it in the, in, the, in a timely fashion, but, you know, he, he can't afford this team. So what he did is, I mean, he, he had the, the huge transfer windows, uh, you know, a summer window that anybody had seen in Syria ages last year by, you know, buying basically an old, uh, a new starting 11, if we're not including Donnarumma's brother. Um, and, you know, I mean, he just, he went, it was the biggest all-in since Donald Trump opened up his Twitter account. He didn't have the cash, took a huge swing and swing and, and Elliot came and just took it back from him. Yeah. And look, the
1: conspiracy theorists and the gossipy podcasts are out there would say, that it's a little sketchy that uh, Silvio Berlusconi was selling this club at 740 million euros. I mean, this is a big club, but that is a high valuation. Elliott Fund acquires the team for basically 400 million, uh, and now there is a delta of uh, of close to 400 million euros. Uh, How surprising would it be to see somebody swoop in Try to buy the club for 500, 600 mil, and then essentially, uh, you know, there is 200 mil unaccounted for. So, again, this is the, uh, the gossipy podcaster and me asking this question Do you think that there's some, uh, some stuff going on in the background there? Or, or is this all by chance that this Milan Chinese owner, uh, you know, couldn't pay back this loan and paid this crazy amount uh, to C.W. Berlusconi last year?
0: Well, I mean, there's definitely a lot of Alex Jones, the Democrats are going to start a civil war on July 4th. Cannon fodder here. I mean, going into this thing, who are the two players that you have involved with this? Silvio Berlusconi, maybe like one of the shadiest guys in recent history. Um, You know, a billionaire who was prime minister and got booted out of office three times. And then the other one is, you know, kind of this mysterious Chinese billionaire. And one thing about Chinese money is you know it's all kind of dark to the rest of the world. You don't know what they have, so you know maybe it's a case of uh, uh, of Silvio Berlusconi just being like, wait a minute, you're going to give me how much? And you know that that UEFA let it go through because they figured, yeah, yeah, you know, he's probably a billionaire. I don't know, and not doing their due diligence, or it's uh, uh, basically the biggest rob you know robbery in the history of, of professional sports with uh, you know the most pres- one of the most prestigious clubs in the world having you know just basically. You know, thrown around like a, a, a like a rag doll between a, a shady investor and shady investor. I, I tend to believe that, uh, you know, while that's fun, I think what's going to happen is the Elliot Group's going to find a legit billionaire, um, and sell this thing out and just be happy uh, uh, that they got their interest, happy that they got a huge cash grab, and 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 on to the next one. Well,
1: they're saying that they want to hold on to it and and invest in it, so. Who knows if they're just saying that you know for leverage or not? But um, despite all this financial stuff, I mean, it was a cloud over Milan last season, and there's no question about that. Now that it's kind of getting taken care of, and that the Elliott Fund acquired
0: them, are you excited for Milan's future? I mean, <laughs> I think it, you can't go any further down. I mean, they're you know they they're gonna after being humiliated by getting kicked out of UEFA. Um, and uh, you know having your owner default and have basically a robber baron management wealth management company take all your assets where can you go but up um so i think that it's going to be a couple a couple dark years for, for milan but the one thing is is there are a, a billion people in the world who know who milan are they've got a b- big great name and they're prestigious and i think that that's going to It's going to have a lot of value to a legit group that's interested in owning and bringing this team back to glory. Absolutely. So a lot of big news this summer, but obviously
1: the summer transfer window has attracted uh, some crazy rumors and a lot of things have been happening outside of the CR7 going to Juve. So let me ask you, Tad, what was the most impactful summer signing for you so far? Yeah, I mean, Ronaldo...
0: It's it, the pedestal for second place. The silver medal from Ronaldo coming to Juventus is going to be a long ways down from that. But I'm going to stick with uh, uh, the Portuguese and go with Cancelo because apparently he put the bug. He, he, you know, he set it all up um, that got Mendes in the room to make uh, Juventus believe. And not only that, I thought he was you know, arguably the best right back in Serie A this year. And Juventus isn't getting any younger um, signing a thirty-three-year-old superstar, but their back line, you know, is aging. It looks like maybe Alessandro, who plays left back, might be out the door. So, I think acquiring that talent, which also led the way for supposedly led the way for CR7 to end up in Turin, is uh, just just a massive signing.
1: Yeah, uh, I'm gonna actually go a different route here. I'm gonna say Ancelotti for me uh, for Napoli uh, was just absolutely came out of nowhere. Um, I mean. At the end of the last season, Napoli didn't meet any of their goals, and you kind of knew that Sadi was kind of on the way out. And so he started thinking, "Oh, is it time for a fire sale?" Uh, and so then Ancelotti comes in, and I think this is so impactful for the league because it's going to keep Napoli um, competitive uh, for the title. Uh, it's going to make it's going to make the team a lot more attractive for uh, big players to stay and to go there. So I think that that was actually. Uh, so far, outside of CR7, the biggest summer transfer.
0: It's tough to get a guy with more pedigree than Ancelotti, and I agree with you on you know, Napoli, for how they performed the past couple seasons, having him come in, I, I don't remember the last time I saw as big a names that, ha- that have gone there or have been linked to Napoli in recent memory. Absolutely. So which summer
1: rumor do you think is the most enticing? Uh, or most likely to have the biggest effect on the league.
0: Well, you know, we're talking about these fire sales, and if we're talking about biggest impact on a league, uh, OTFR, man, it, it looks like it looks like they're they're the top of their team. You know, they're going to have to pay for their success. Uh, Sergei Milinkovic Savage has been linked to 150 million dollar moves all over Europe. Um, Felipe Anderson. Uh, who's been, you know, outside of uh, uh, Milinkovic, Savage, and Immobile last season, their best player for the past three or four years, uh, or most consistent. And, you know, it looks like he's about to complete a big money move to uh, West Ham, and Immobile has been linked to Milan, to Milan. And if Milan wants to, you know, make kind of a, a, a calculated uh, purchase this summer to kind of keep the flies away um, – you know, that, that, I think that Immobile is a good call for them, you know, kind of via, uh, the vice Belotti. Uh, so with those three, three guys going, OTFR is going to be left with a lot of money, but how are, how are you going to spend it to replace that kind of talent?
1: Yeah, I mean, there's there's a ton of players that are looking to be on the edge over there. They already lost to Vry. <laughs> Who knows what uh, OTFR is going to do. Um, you know, good thing is that they just pulled in a Acerbi, uh, and he did very well for Suswallow. He's a little bit older, but um, at least that's some reinforcements. And then you know they're just known for for bringing in some random talents that they're able to flip in a couple of years. That seems to have been their motto for the last uh, you know at least ten years. So if I, those uh, three guys go, they're not going to finish in the top eight. Well, I like the sound of that. You know, and then sticking with that Roma Roma homers. Uh, I think the most impactful uh, summer rumor would be Allison. Uh, going out, so many suitors. Um, we all know he had a pretty good World Cup, but he had an even better season last year, and in the Champions League. So he's pulling numbers like you know eighty to a hundred mil, uh, and it's that'd be very hard for Roma to turn down. But look, you know this there's a div- division amongst Roma fans here. Uh, I think. There's people that say, yeah, take the money. You know, he's a goalie. There's a couple other good goalies that we could buy for a lot less. But there, And then there's the side that says, no, nah, this guy carried us uh, this season and we need that consistency. So uh, I'm kind of on the latter end but can understand the first side uh, of, of getting the money. Uh, but I think that that would make, uh, you know, it, would make, it, it could make Roma, uh, it could be the difference for Roma next season. So that's why I picked that one.
0: Yeah, I mean if if there's a whole thing that you want Allison to be like Roma's Buffon that uh, you know you have a guy that you can you know you can build from the back up and and you can you know create this this tradition of holding on to the you know the best talent in the league but when you have you know Chelsea and Real Madrid and stuff like that players players are going to want to go and so I can see people being like hell man we can get 80 million for a goalie and give it to Monchi who looks like he's making you know crazy shrewd purchases left and right this Summer transfer window. I'm interested to see how it shakes out. I'd love one more year of Allison, but uh, I, I understand Roma. You know, not wanting to shy away from the uh, blowing up the. You know, the, having by far the biggest uh, transfer for a goalie in the history of, of soccer, for sure. So let's see if that happens.
1: Um, but look, uh, we we got to turn away uh, from all Serie A right now. We all know that the past month has been incredible with the World Cup. Uh, I mean, it's been, it's provided so many absolutely crazy, memorable moments, lots of last minute finishes and defeats and upsets. Now we're coming to the final. It's going to be Croatia and France. Tad, what do you think, first of all, of this Summer Worlds Cup as a whole? And then who do you think is going to win on Sunday?
0: Well, the World Cup's been awesome. Um, you know, the the biggest drawback for us in the States on like Brazil um is that, you know, everyone's gonna play hooky from work to watch the games, um, or have them, you know, on in the background while you're quote unquote pretending to work or uh you know, quote unquote working from home. But you know, it's 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 been fantastic, like you said, with the upsets. A lot of the major powers um, you know, not uh, uh, either making it to the tournament or you know not having strong performances or you know, groups won by Sweden. Um, or you know uh, unlikely sources Germany getting knocked out in the group stages so it's it's been absolutely fun to watch because it's 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 a tournament that you really feel like anything can happen um, I think if anybody said France Croatia at the beginning of the at the beginning of the World Cup you know you'd, you'd have some people looking at you cross-eyed who do you think is going to win I mean you know with seven Serie A players on I'm pulling for Croatia yeah
1: I originally kind of had Ronnie going all the way Ronnie from the Jersey Shore um, but you know his team fell short for sure and uh, ever since the knockout state or the group stages were over I said you know what Croatia could really do this thing they have so many city I players and so therefore they have the biggest chance of winning <laughs> but no, they they've been playing absolute beautiful football and this is their golden generation everybody talk about Belgium's golden generation this is their golden generation this is their chance uh, and I can't believe they they've played the last three games in uh you know extra time I can't believe like they have their their legs I, I don't understand they after this they should all retire and just start running marathons um, but so exciting to see this team go through I'm rooting for them all the way um, you know I do think that this has been a like a beautifully done uh, World Cup uh, to this point and w- what I really do love about the World Cup is that you know for a one month you can forget about all the world's problems and focus on the beautiful game and that's I think what what's been going on here so let everything else play out after the fact uh, for right now we're going to enjoy the rest of this World Cup and uh, Forza Croatia right
0: yeah I'm on that train I I, I... It's kind of disgusting to cheer for uh, uh, Inter players and Juventus players of the likes. But uh, i got I got to go Team Serie on this one, so Forza, Croatia. That's right. You root for their beautiful waterfalls. All right, well, that's pretty much
1: uh, it for this week. And, uh, you know, I don't know if we're going to be doing this uh, every week, Tad, if, if, if breaking news comes out. Uh, I don't know if our followers even want to hear us at this point. We're, we're kind of uh, in vacation mode. Uh, but we are looking forward to getting back on the pod and uh, letting people know about some of these, uh, you know, side projects that we've been working on, and uh, we're excited about that as well. So uh, for now, that that's it. Podcast Paizani. Don't forget to follow us on social media, uh, on iTunes. If you could subscribe, like, and uh, you know, just spread the love. That's that's tell all a we're looking for. That's all we're tell looking a friend. For. Uh, so for this time. We say, ciao.
0: Arrivederci.